Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the franchise. This is episode number three. Um, this podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, whether you're watching or listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, like I said, this is episode number three. Last episode was about a week ago, I'd say, or less than a week ago, like five days ago. Um, in that episode, we went over every single NFL Week 1 game, went over who I think was going to win every single game, uh, as well as NFL standings predictions for every single division. And I also talked some college football week number one, uh, the Donovan Mitchell trade, and also some things going on in Major League Baseball. So if you haven't checked out that episode or any of what I just listed from that episode interests you, uh, please go check it out once again on YouTube, Spotify, or on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, This episode... Uh, just a quick rundown. We're going to go over NFL Week 1. We're going to recap every single game. Uh, some of the games I'm going to talk about more than others just because, you know, I can't watch every single game. Um, I wish I could, especially since I don't have NFL Red Zone or Sunday Ticket. I can only watch two games on Fox and CBS that I get. Um, but anyways, we'll go over every single game, whether it's a quick recap or a nice little detailed conversation. Uh, we're going to go through every single game from this past weekend, as well as college football week two. I'm going to go recap some of those games, uh, including the Alabama-Texas game. I'm also going to give my week two uh, top ten for uh, for college football. I'm also going to give power rankings for the NFL as well, debating on whether it's going to be top ten or uh, every single team. Um Anyways, we're going to do that, and then we're also going to go over some things happening in Major League Baseball. This regular season is coming to a close, but um, that doesn't mean there's still a lot of incredible things happening. Um, And that's where we're going to start today's episode. Um, Aaron Judge is at 57 home runs on his 2022 season. Like I said in last episode, if you missed that, um, I was making, you know, the, the, the... the, the debate of recent weeks has been Shohei or Otani or Aaron Judge for MVP. And it is a very valid, tough argument. Shohei Otani is having a better, uh, a better season this year than he, he did last year, and last year he won MVP. Um, but what Aaron Judge is doing is absolutely incredible this season. You know, offensively, uh, the man has 57 home runs. The American League record is 61. There's still like 20-something games that need to be played. So, you know, you look at the the odds and you look at Aaron Judge's homers per at-bats, he's going to break uh, the record. At least he's on pace to do so. Um, I mean, like I said, Aaron Judge is my vote for MVP. You know, I am ignoring the fact that I'm wearing a Tampa Bay Rays hat. Um, um, I love Shohei Otani as an Angels fan. Um, I think any other season he's an, the MVP. He's going to finish second in MVP. But Aaron Judge leads baseball in so many categories. Not only that, I mean, um, it was I was having a conversation with a buddy uh, earlier today. Aaron Judge is almost in the triple crown conversation. He's hitting like 310. The leader in the American League is hitting 319. He's leading the league in home runs, and he's leading the league in RBIs. He just if he passes up and gets the number one batting average, triple crown, home run record, probably one of the greatest seasons in the last ten years. Um, Aaron Judge is just playing incredible. Um, another guy who's chasing a record is Albert Pujols, who's three home runs away from 700 on his career. He just passed um, Alex Rodriguez for fourth all time on the home run list the other night. He was tied with A-Rod for 696 career home runs. Now past him at 697. There's still, like I said, like 20 games left in the season. Albert Pujols is most likely going to hit 700 career home runs. Um, the Cardinals are going to give him all of the ABs because everyone wants to see him hit 700. He's actually playing really good. I mean, his his stats against left-handed pitching is incredible. And, you know, it's not like he's a guy that even though he's 40, 42, I think he's 42, even though he's, you know, in his 40s um, and hasn't been the best player in a, in a while, he's still not, you know, uh, guaranteed out. He's still a good 
productive player, and this season he's proven to do that with 18 home runs on the year. Um, yeah, I mean, Albert Pujols chasing 700 is incredible. He'd be one of only four players to ever hit 700 home runs, and those are players that include Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, and Hank Aaron, uh, three of the greatest players of all time. Um, I'm just really glad he passed up Alex Rodriguez. Um, I don't know if I've ever voiced my opinion on Alex Rodriguez, but he's um, he's the only player to ever play baseball that I genuinely hate. Like, I hate the guy um, as a player and as a I think as a person, he kind of sucks, too. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad he was able to pass up Alex Rodriguez in that department. And then um, a few more things going on in baseball. Mike Trout had a seven home run game streak. He hit seven home runs in seven straight or not seven home runs. He had a home run. In seven straight games, um, he was very, very close to tying the all-time record of eight. Unfortunately, in that game, the Cleveland Guardians decided to uh, pitch around Mike Trout and not let him um, even get any pitches remotely to the strike zone. So that's always fun to see, you know, because can't be the team that that gives up a home run to Mike Trout. Can't be the team that all of this. But Mike Trout's incredible. Um, you look at, I'm going to, I'm actually going to pull it up here. Um, but MLB, you know, they posted something on Instagram and it is, um, home run leaderboard, Aaron judge leading the, uh, all of baseball with 57 home runs. And then he has a 20 home run lead over the next guy. Kyle Schwarber has 37. Austin Riley has 36. Goldschmidt and Trout both have 35. This is another thing I want to add about Mike Trout. Mike Trout has 35 home runs, and he missed all of July and a little bit into August with an injury on his uh, to his back, and he already has 35 home runs. If you don't think if, – if you think, you know, um, if he didn't get injured, I think he would have 50 home runs. I think him and Judge would be racing for the home run record. Mike Trout is having a power season. He's never been a power hitter, and, you know, now he's just um, hitting the absolute crap out of the baseball and going yard like every single game. And he just did seven straight games of home runs. And then uh, finally, the Dodgers just clinched the National League West division title for the ninth time in the last 10 years. The only exception being last year is the Giants. And this Dodgers team is incredible. They have 98 wins. Uh, there's still 20 games left to be played in the season, roughly. Uh, and they have 98 wins. Uh, I think this Dodgers team is going to uh, end up winning the most games in MLB history, held by the Mariners, I think, at 116. It's either 114 or 116. I believe it's 116. Um, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers are – this is the best – one of the best baseball teams, regular season teams to ever, like, exist. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Dodgers break the um, regular season wins record especially with this many games left and them already almost at 100. Um, yeah, so that's it for really going on in baseball. You know, the playoffs are coming up. Um, we are, you know, award races, wild card races, but we're going to save those once we get closer to the end of the season. We'll have a nice little playoff thing going on. Uh, but let's get to, you know, the big part of the episode. It's pretty much going to be the entire podcast. is going to be in this NFL and college football recap. I want to start it off with the college football side of things here. Um, Freaking printed this giant packet. It's like seven pages of notes. So the college football is all the way in the back. Um, beginning with the game of the week, you know, this was the most highly anticipated game. Um, and I watched this entire game. I woke up um, at 9 o'clock p.m. or a.m. Whatever, a.m. Not p.m. I would have missed the freaking game. Uh, 9 a.m. on this Saturday, or past this past Saturday. For some reason, I thought the game started at 10, and I woke up, and the game already started, and I was like, oh, crap, dude, I'm about to miss the game. Um, but, yeah, I watched the entire Alabama-Texas football game. Alabama, uh, last-minute win. Alabama won 20-19 over Texas, the number one team in the country, facing an unranked Texas team. Ugh. Uh, you look at the game, game stats, box score. Bryce Young from Alabama had uh, went 27 of 39 passing with 213 yards and one touchdown. Quinn Ewers, the transfer quarterback from Ohio State, 
He went 7 of 12 for 134 yards. However, he exited the game early uh, after getting t- after getting sacked. Um, landed on his elbow, his, his non-throwing elbow. He's out for multiple weeks with an elbow injury. Um, and then the backup quarterback came in. Hudson Card went 14 of 22 with 158 yards. And this dude got beat up, like, by the second quarter. As soon as they put him in the game, you know, not many plays later, he started limping, and he was basically limping for the rest of the game. Uh, it really hurt um, Texas. You know, he wasn't as mobile as he'd like to be, uh, as he was able to be. Um, but for Quinn Ewers, I mean, before that guy got hurt, he was balling out. He was making incredible throws. You know, there were some throws that I saw, um, especially this one in the end zone. You know, he was at like the they were at like the 30-yard line. He threw one out into the, the straight back of the end zone. And the receiver, you know, he caught the ball for a second, got two feet in, um, and then he just dropped it. He never maintained possession. That would have been a touchdown for him. You know, he really, really played amazing in this game. Um, you know, he was the like one of the only few um, 100-grade recruits coming out of high school. Remember, he he's supposed to be a freshman this year. However, he reclassified last year. Skipped a senior year of high school and went straight to Ohio State. Um, but, you know, Ohio State has a quarterback already in C.J. Stroud. Uh, so Quinn Ewers transferred. He comes here to Texas. And the question, you know, the big question mark is, is this guy going to live up to the 100-grade prospect rating that he got? Um, in this game, he really showed that, you know. I think if he did play a whole game, if he played the entire game against this Alabama team, I think you, you could be saying that Texas beat Alabama in this game. Uh, and they still almost did that. You look for Alabama, they had 15 penalties in the in the entire game. Um, Will Anderson, one of the top prospects on the Alabama defense. Um, I mean, this guy is a very mature player, but he uh, made a lot of mistakes, had a lot of false start and offside penalties, as well as um, some unnecessary roughness calls on sportsmanlike conduct, you know, stuff like that at the end of plays, you know, pushing guys when the play's over. Just, just making some bonehead decisions for a guy that's, you know, supposed to be the leader of that defense. Um, the Texas defense, though. Texas played great in that game. They had two sacks on the day, um, and they were really shutting down Alabama uh, until that final drive of the game, which we'll get to. And then the Alabama receivers, you know, this is a big note. They really struggled uh, against Texas in this game. They, they could not get open for Bryce Young really the entire game until that last drive. Uh, and until the fourth quarter, I'd say, you know, for the first three quarters, it was just, can these guys get open for Bryce Young? Because he is just, you know, he's trying to do all he can, uh, but it wasn't working out until, like I said, that fourth quarter and especially uh, that last drive. Um, and, and Bryce Young really flipped a switch in, in, in really the last two drives for, for Alabama. I mean, he just said, he just put the team on his back and, and, and won them that game. Um, I want to pull up the last... Jeez, um, where is the... I can't find the play-by-play for the fourth quarter. But, I mean, Bryce Young played amazing, especially in that, that last drive. Um, but, you know, although Alabama won this game, you know, they only won by one point, and they didn't look great for the... for I'd say the entirety of the game. The big question is, is Alabama a true contender? You know, they've been such a great football team, great program uh, for for many, many years. But are they a real contender this year? You know, the receivers have a lot of questions. Uh, You look at Bryce Young. He's obviously one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Going to be a first-round pick in this upcoming draft. Um, You know, the defense, they didn't play their best football, you know, against a Texas team. Um, and, and you'll find out in my rankings, you know, where tech, uh, Alabama landed last week. They were number one. Uh, whether or not they stay there, uh, we'll find out. Going around college football, though, besides in these um, other games, i got to pull up the scores here. Uh, number three, Ohio State beat Arkansas State 45-12. to um, Some of these other games, these are there were some two, like, massive upsets this past weekend. Uh, one of them being number eight, Notre Dame, going 0-2 to start the season as they lost to Marshall. I don't even know where this school is, but I couldn't even tell you. 
Uh, they lost 26 to 21 to Marshall. And then you also have Texas A&M, the number six team in the country, um, losing to Appalachian State. Uh, they lost 17 to 14 as well. I mean, that was a horrible, horrible loss. You can't be that really just takes them out of the conversation of teams that are going to make the, uh, the college football playoff. And I don't think they're ever going to recover from that this season. And then Kentucky, number 20 ranked Kentucky, beat number 12 Florida. Remember, first week of the season, unranked Florida team goes in and smacks uh, uh, Utah, ranked Utah team. I believe they were ranked number seven in the country at the time. Florida jumps up to 12, and then they get smacked in the math by number 20, number 20 Kentucky. They lose 26 to 16. Um, and then Kentucky, you know, they jump in. Uh, they'll, you'll see where they, I have them ranked in my uh, power rankings. And then you look at USC, 2-0 on the season, number 10 USC at the time. Caleb Williams went 20 of 27, 341 yards and four touchdowns. Um, I mean, this USC team is just very, very good. They had five sacks on the day as well as two interceptions. You know, people are saying there's questions on the USC defense. I don't think so. I think they've shown that they're a pretty uh, darn good unit so far this season. Um, and then Nebraska fired their head coach, Scott Frost. Um, he's He had a record of 16-31 and 31 in four seasons at Nebraska. They never had a winning season after coming over from a UCF team that went 12-0. So now it's time for my uh, top 10 rankings heading into the third week of college football. And let me pull them up here. And let me say there are some drastic, drastic changes uh, coming up. So if I pull, I'm going to pull up my top 10 coming into this week. And I'm going to pull up my top 10 from last weekend. Last week, uh, you look at the top 10. I had number one, Alabama, followed by Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson, all top four teams. Michigan, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, USC, and Baylor. Coming in, week three, college football, top 10. Number one team in the country is Georgia. Uh, Georgia, reigning national champions. And wow, this team is incredible. Defensively, they're the best defense in college football, even though they lost like all of their guys in the NFL draft. And offensively, Stetson Bennett is a legit quarterback. I feel like if this guy continues to play the way he is, he could be a first, second-round quarterback in this upcoming draft. Uh, Georgia, number one team in the country, followed by number two, Ohio State. I feel like those are the two really uh, real top dogs right now in college football, Ohio State. At number two and number three, I have Alabama. I have them dropping three, uh, two spots from number one to number three this week. Um, I don't really think Alabama's true title contender this season. Number four, I have uh, Michigan. They're jumping up two spots from six to four. Uh, They found a real quarterback. Uh, The first game of the season, they started. um, Dude, see, that's bad preparation by myself. I should have had that written down. Uh, The first week of the the season, they started. uh, Jeez, how do I say this guy's name? Cade McNamara. McNamara, um, and then this 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 past week they started JJ McCarthy. JJ McCarthy's the guy. Uh, he's going to change this Michigan offense and make them a true legitimate contender. Um, and then I have at number six in this rankings, I have USC jumping up from the number nine spot to the number six spot. I think they're uh, sorry from number nine to number five. I think USC is a legit uh, contender as well, but. I'll wait to really say that. I feel like this next week is a a week where you could could put USC in the top four if they win this game. Number six, I have Clemson. Number seven, Oklahoma. Number eight, Oklahoma State. Two of the Oklahoma programs in the top ten. And then, wow. Number nine, I have University of Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky is, is playing insane this season. And then number ten, I have Michigan State. So those are my top ten heading into week three. I had some. You have a lot of changes going on, especially with these losses to Notre Dame, uh, Texas A&M, um, and then a, a very narrow win by Alabama. Uh, and that's that is the top ten uh, heading into week number three. And that's going to wrap it up for this section um, for the college football. 
you know, this season, uh, this weekend, I guess we can look at some of the games that are happening uh, this weekend. I'm not really sure what's what we got this weekend in college football. Uh, let's see if we got any good games here. We got number 12 BYU taking on 25 Oregon. Oregon jumps back into the top 25. Um, any other ranked games? 13 Miami taking on 24 Texas A&M. USC plays Fresno State. I'll probably be a win. Alabama, who do they play? They play against UL Monroe. Go ahead and tell you. Um, yeah, so that's going to be – I'm just going to wrap it up for the college football portion. Uh, let's move on, though. Let's move on to the, the, big, the big boys, the top dogs of the National Football League. Week one recap. Um, let's see. Let's see how I did in my my NFL picks. I actually um, submitted the exact same picks I picked on this podcast into uh, this Pick'em League that I do with some family members of mine, and uh, see if I can look at last week's picks. I got eleven of the fifteen picks right. Um, you know, that's just what I do. I am that guy and uh, we're gonna go through every single game here though and we're gonna we're gonna recap and talk about some of them so beginning with the first game of the nfl season uh we had the bills going to los angeles take on the rams the bills ended up winning this game 31 to 10 josh allen went 26 of 31 with 297 yards three touchdowns and two interceptions on the other side matthew stafford went 29 to 41 240 yards one touchdown three picks um Running-wise, for the running game, for the Rams, the big standout here is Cam Akers. He, he had three carries, rushed for a grand total of zero yards. Cam Akers was um, uh, just, like, incredibly bad this week. Uh, Josh Allen had one rushing touchdown. For the Bills, receiving-wise, uh, Stephon Diggs, eight receptions, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Gabe Davis, four receptions, 88 yards, one touchdown. Isaiah McKenzie also had a touchdown for the Rams. Cooper Cup was the star of the offense. Um, he had 13 receptions, 128 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, on the defensive side of things, Bobby Wagner had a sack in his Rams debut. Uh, but the, I mean, the story is this Bills defense. Vaughn Miller had two sacks. Greg Rousseau had a sack. Jordan Phillips had one and a half sacks. Seven total sacks for the Bills defense to go along with three interceptions. Um, I mean, the Bills played incredible. Defensively, they did exactly what you need to do to stop this Rams team. Yes, Cooper Cup still went off and had a great, amazing game. But uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, he did not play his best football. You know, three interceptions, allowing the Bills to, to put themselves in this game and really close it out. Um, Allen Robinson's a big question, too, on this on this Rams roster. I mean... The guy had two receptions. He, he did play, like, every single snap. Um, and that's been a big thing that people are saying, at least in the fantasy world. You know, at least he played 66 out of 68 snaps or whatever he played. Um, but, I mean, he's just not getting targeted, you know. Why? Like, Cooper Cup's the main target on this team. He's the wide receiver one, two, and three. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Bills looked great. The Bills are number one in my power rankings. The Rams, you know, I don't think they're dead in the water. I don't think they're going to struggle this bad throughout the season. Uh, I just think, you know, the Bills came in and executed their game plan perfectly, especially defensively. Uh, the Bills are going to have one of the best defense, probably top five in football to end the season. Moving on to the Sunday slate of NFL games, beginning here with the Saints beating the Falcons last minute. Saints won 27 to 26. Saints scored 17 points in the fourth quarter, um, and I, I watched some of the tape from this game. And the Saints, to be honest, like they didn't look incredible um, until that fourth quarter. The Falcons looked nice. You know, Marcus Mariota was slinging the ball. Uh, Winston went 23 of 34, 269 yards, two touchdowns, and zero picks. Uh, you look at Marcus Mariota. He went 20 of 33, 215, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. He had a rushing touchdown. Um, Cordell Patterson had a nice day, 22 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Taysom Hill, the Swiss Army knife, um, 
for the Saints. He had four carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Seems like every single time Taysom Hill, you know, does the uh, the wildcat or, or goes in under center, uh, they just snap the ball, and he gets like 20 yards per carry. Uh, he had a great game. Alvin Kamara didn't have his best game, nine carries for 39 yards. Um, and then this, this receiving, you know, the Saints – uh, Landry had seven receptions for 114 yards, and Michael Thomas in his first game in like a year and a half, he had five receptions, 57 yards, and two clutch fourth quarter touchdowns. Kyle Pitts struggled, two receptions for 19 yards, and Drake London looked nice with five receptions and 74 yards. Um, and the Falcons' defense had four sacks; they looked great, um, but ultimately it was a uh, the the Falcons just choked the game. I mean, they went in with a with a 17 point, uh, 16, 17 point lead in the game, uh, and they defensively just choked it. Offensively, they couldn't, you know, put some more points on the board. Uh, and then they tried to win the game on a 63 yard field goal, uh, but it ultimately got blocked. So, you know, the Falcons looked nice, uh, but I still think they're one of the worst teams in football. And for the Saints, this is a a nice little comeback win for a team that didn't look great offensively for a majority of the game until that fourth quarter. It's a big win for them and a, a great performance by uh, by Michael Thomas. Uh, moving on, 49ers lo- uh, lost to the Bears 10-19. Uh, to 19. Uh, This game was literally played in a swimming pool, a swamp, whatever you want to call it. Um, the field was a mess. They had to use squeegees on the field because there was so much water everywhere. Um but you look at the you look at the box score. Trey Lance, uh, Trey Lance didn't look that great. Uh, he went 13 of 28, 164 yards and an interception. No touchdowns for him. Justin Fields didn't look that great either. He only had eight completed passes of 17 attempts, 121 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, Trey Lance had 54 yards rushing. Debo 52. Um, Elijah Mitchell 41 yards on six carries. He ended up getting injured. He's going to be out for week two. He's supposed to be their RB1, but you look here, and, and, and Justin Wilson Jr. had nine carries. So he got more attempts. Um, you know, they don't really have, like, a. I wouldn't say they have a legit, or like, they're, they're, they don't have a guy that's their RB1, you know, because Debo's getting the ball, and Trey Lance is always running these read options, and and, and Wilson's getting the ball, and, and, and Mitchell's getting the ball when he's healthy. Um both of these teams had two sacks and, and one interception on their defensive side of things. You know, this was just a game that ultimately, you know, the Niners, they lost the game themselves. The Bears didn't really go out and blow away the Niners. The Niners just kind of offensively struggled. Uh, Trey Lance couldn't find a, uh, find a groove. And I guess it's hard, you know, when it's pouring rain and you're playing in a swamp. Uh, but Justin Fields found a way to get it done. Uh, he had some two wide, a nice wide open touchdown passes to some guys. Um, ultimately, though, this game you could watch it down the drain, in my opinion, um, for the Niners. Uh, the Bears going to win, probably their only win on the season. Moving on, Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cincinnati Bengals twenty-three to twenty. Joe Burrow had a uh, a very very bad game. He had four interception and two fumbles. End of the day, 33 of 53 with 338 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he ended up playing better, but he had four interceptions, one pick six, uh, one of those being a pick six. Mitchell Trubisky didn't have – Mitchell Trubisky played a Mitchell Trubisky game. All right, 194 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Joe Mixon got 27 carries for 82 yards, and Najee Harris uh, had 10 carries, 23 yards. He ended up getting hurt. He's questionable for week two with a foot injury. Jamar Chase balled out, 129 yards and a touchdown. But the big story of this game uh, was two things for me. It's the Steelers' defense and the Bengals' O-line. The Bengals had a very bad offensive line last season in a year that they made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, And it was said that they had a revamped offensive line in the offseason. It didn't show at all in week one. Now, you know, most of these guys didn't play in the preseason together. But they still practiced all training camp. All offseason, um, the whole week leading up. So I don't know if these guys just, you know, had a really bad game on Sunday. Uh, and it was just a fluke, 
or if the Bengals have another offensive line problem because seven sacks, dude, seven sacks is a lot. You know, you're not giving, uh, you're not allowing Joe Burrow to be put in a uh, position of success, um, especially against, like I said, this Steelers defense is incredible. TJ Watt had a very, very nice day. Uh, he ended up, though, he has a torn pec muscle, and he's going to be out for many weeks. So that's a big blow to this defense. But, you know, Minka, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, pick six. I look around at this defensive unit. Uh, I just, I just, you know, the Steelers played good um, defensively, offensively. You know, Mitchell Trubisky uh, is doing, doing his, the bare minimum. That's what Mitchell Trubisky does, and that's what he's doing so far. Um, you know, the Bengals almost came back. If it wasn't for a missed field goal, a missed extra point, um, you know, maybe this game ends up in a tie or a Bengals W. But Joe Burrow definitely struggled in his first game on the season. Moving on, the Eagles beat the Lions 38-35 to in Detroit. Uh, Jalen Hurts had a nice day, uh, 243 yards passing. There was no passing touchdowns in this game. All of the touchdowns for the Eagles from the film I watched, they were all rushing touchdowns. And they all also came uh, basically in like inside the 15. You know, they were in the red zone on every single touchdown. Uh, Hertz had a rushing touchdown. Sanders had a rushing touchdown. Uh, for the Lions, Jared Goff had two touchdowns and a pick. DeAndre Swift played amazing. Um, there's some people in this world that say DeAndre Swift is not a guy. He's not a dog. He doesn't want it. He's soft. That's what some people were saying. I didn't say that. Um, but I know some people that said that, and those people know who they are. But DeAndre Swift came out, and he balled out. 15 carries, 144 yards, and a tutty. A tutty. Um, Javante Williams had two touchdowns, both of those in the red zone. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ah. Um, A.J. Brown had a nice day as well. Devontae Smith struggled. He had four targets for zero receptions and zero yards. Um, don't really know what's going on there. One of the passes that I saw... Devonte Smith is running, and the corners, you know, like the corner and Devonte Smith, they're running, and the ball just gets thrown and it just hits them in the back. So, uh, whose fault that is? Um, I guess it's both of the quarterback and Devonte Smith. Amon Ross St. Brown had a nice day as well with a touchdown, and DJ Chark had a nice little last-minute touchdown as the Lions barely, barely losing this game uh, to the Eagles. And the Lions looked impressive. You know, I think the Lions are going to be a team that's going to fight till the end it's kind of what they're built on that's kind of what dan campbell's message is as a coach um i think this team will win a few games i think they'll probably win end up winning like five or six games on the season um and i think they're gonna have a lot of games where they lose very very close um but yeah let's move on here patriots lose to the dolphins seven to twenty um what a nice performance for miami you know defensively um they didn't have to do a whole lot right uh, they had two intercept. They had two sacks and a pick, um, and the Patriots had three sacks. But Tyreek Hill had a nice day. He had 94 yards. Uh, Darren, uh, uh, Jalen Waddle had 69 yards and a tutty. Dude, let me just say, I don't know how I never knew this, um, but when they score, when Jalen Waddle scores a touchdown, everyone starts doing a little waddle. Dude, it's the dopest thing ever. They start waddling around like a penguin. That's freaking sick. That is so dope. It's one of the best celebrations I've ever seen. Um, but for the for the Patriots, I mean, their offense looked boring, dead, and stagnant. Um, they just don't look like a fun team, you know. Bill Belichick didn't name coordinators to begin the season. Is this going to be the result of not having coordinators, not having play callers? I guess we'll find out. Um, you know, just the Patriots, I don't know what they're doing. I mean... You look at their receivers, they have no good receivers. They have no receiver one. They have no receiver two. They just have a bunch of wide receiver threes um, filling that void. Uh, they don't really have a run game. And defensively, they have some guys, right? Um, but I just don't think the Patriots – I have the Patriots finishing third in the division, um, if you didn't know. And I just, you know, I think the best days of the Patriots are behind them, at least for the time being. Um Moving on, the Ravens beat the Jets 24-9. to um, The Jets suck. I mean, there's not much to say there. 
Joe Flacco threw the ball 59 times. He had 307 yards um, with a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Sauce Gardner for the Jets is very good. Uh, he only, I think he only allowed like eight yards receiving um, against him. He had a nice breakup on Mark Andrews. Uh, Lamar really, really balled out though. Three tutties, 213 yards and a pick. Uh, Rashad Bateman, 59 yards and a touchdown. Um, this guy's the new, the newest member of my fantasy team. I just traded away Allen Robinson for him. Um, I think, I think the trade happened because there's a, people think there's a lot of upside on Allen Robinson. Uh, but to be honest with you, I thought there was too. That's why I drafted him. But after week one, I think he's just not going to be that good. And he wasn't even good last year. Um, anyways, though, Rashad Bateman played nice. Lamar played amazing. And the Jets suck a lot. Uh, this was an incredible game. This was a nice game here. Carson Wentz debut against the Jaguars. They ended up winning, uh, the Commanders ended up winning 28-22. to um, Trevor Lawrence had 275 yards. Carson Wentz, 313 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. Um, Carson Wentz is a roller coaster. Uh, this guy started off the game incredibly hot. You know, he went boom, and then he threw those two picks back to back, by the way, on back to back drives. Boom, 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 boom. I mean, Carson Wentz has a love hate relationship. A lot of people have, have that with him. Um, I mean, he did end up performing very, very well. You know, the Jaguars were coming back. They stayed in the game the whole time. James Robinson played very good. Terry McLaurin didn't really get involved in the game. Um, you know, he's on one of my fantasy teams, and I was just staring at his stats, and I was like, Carson, can you throw him the freaking ball? Terry McLaurin is one of the best receivers in the game, and he only had like one one reception, like four targets. He ended up, he ended up on the day with 58 yards and a tutty. Uh, Curtis Samuel... Had a touchdown and 55 yards. Uh, Jaheim Dotson, 40 yards and two touchdowns for um, for the Commanders. And Christian Kirk had 117 yards for Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, I mean, this game is just it's just one of those Carson Wentz games where he's going to be really good, really bad, good, and then bad, and then clutch. That's kind of what Carson Wentz does throughout the season. He showed it in the first game of the season. Um, so it's going to be a wild ride for the Commanders this season. Uh, I, I picked the Jaguars to win this game. Um, I don't think they looked looked that bad. Um, offensively, defensively, might be a, a different question. Moving on here, the uh, the Cleveland Browns beat the Panthers 26-24. Um, Baker Mayfield had a, a nice little game, 235, one touchdown and one pick. Christian McCaffrey, uh, 33 yards rushing with a touchdown. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt split time together. Chubb had 141 yards rushing. Kareem Hunt had 46 and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt also had a touchdown receiving. Um, and Robbie Anderson had a very nice day for the for the Panthers, 102 yards and a touchdown. The Browns had four sacks on defense. Uh, the Browns' defense is legit. Um, I think they're going to finish top five defensively this season. Um, for the Panthers, you know, they have all of the offensive pieces to be one of the best offenses in the league, like a top 15, top 10 offense, you know, with guys like Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, and, and DJ Moore. Um, it's just going to come down to Baker Mayfield's play at the quarterback position. Uh, they didn't play that bad, just, you know, one of those field goals at the end uh, to give the Browns the win here. Uh, moving on. We had a tie this weekend, bro. We had a freaking tie. Um, the Texans led most of this game against the Colts. Uh, they ended up tying at 20 apiece. Matt Ryan, 50, uh, 50 passing attempts, completed 32 of them, 352 yards, tutty, and a pick. Davis Mills, 23 for 37, 240, and two touchdowns. Ty- uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, widely regarded as best running back in football, 31 carries, 161 yards, and a touchdown. Michael Pittman Jr. had a nice little game, 121 yards and a touchdown. Uh, O.J. Howard for the Texans had two touchdowns. Um, the Texans are bad. I mean, yeah, they almost won this game. They, they had control for a majority of the game. Um, but defensively, the Texans suck. They don't have anything on that side of the ball. Um, the Colts didn't play good for most of the game. Matt Ryan was playing great. They just couldn't. They couldn't capitalize at, uh, when it came down to it. You know, they they weren't able to to score many points for like a majority of the game until that fourth quarter. 
Uh, they ended up tying at the end here. And then they cut Rodrigo Blankenship, their kicker. They ended up missing like a, a few game-winning field goals. I don't think he missed any extra points, but um, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of kickers actually missed kicks this weekend. Um, but at the end of the day, they both tie, take it as a win or a dub at the end of the day um, for these two teams. Moving on, the New York Giants beat the Titans 21-20 to on a last-second missed field goal by Tennessee. Um, Saquon Barkley had a very, very nice game, 18 carries, 164, and a touchdown. Derrick Henry struggled, 21 carries for 82 yards. Uh, he wasn't you know, a factor in this game at all. Uh, the Titans had five sacks and a pick. Um, you know, a lot of people... And this big-time media want to say that the Giants, like, uh, this is some of the stuff. You know, it's the first week of football. And that Monday, after the first Sunday of football, is the biggest overreaction to everything um, there is. You know, people are saying, the Giants, are they going to, are the Giants back? Did Brian Dable, the new head coach for the Giants, did he bring them back to being a legit team? I don't think so. I think, you know, you're going to win some games. You're going to play your cards right, and some things are going to fall into place, like a missed kick, missed uh, missed field goal to win the game. Ultimately, Titans are probably a better football team by the end, at the end of the season than the Giants. Moving on, Packers lose 7-23 to the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers had a horrible game, finishing 22 for 34 um, with one interception. I didn't write down how many yards he had, so my bad. Kirk Cousins played great in this first Head coaching debut for Kevin O'Connell. He had an amazing offensive game. Uh, this entire team offensively played amazing for the Vikings. Justin Jefferson uh, in my is the fantasy player of the week um, for me. I, he's not on any of my teams, but he uh, is uh, is the franchise player of the week. If I was to give an award out, he had nine receptions, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. He's probably the second best receiver in the game behind Devontae Adams. I mean, this guy is incredible. The way he's just able to get open every single play is incredible. Um, uh, also, you know, Dalvin Cook played all right. He had 20 carries and 90 yards. Um, the Packers offense just looked really bad. The receivers dropped some balls. Um you know, defensively, the Vikings are legit. I think they're going to finish, like I I mean, I've said this for a few teams. Um, I think they're going to end up finishing top five in defense. You know, they have some nice, they have Harrison Smith at safety. They got some nice linebackers and some nice guys coming off the edge. Um, and this is a big game, you know. These two teams are going to finish top two in their division. Um, and the Vikings take the first out of two meetings. So that's a big game. Moving on, you got the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Cardinals 44-21. to uh, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the world, best quarterback on, in the planet. Um, he only had nine incompletions on the day, finishing 30 or 39, 360 yards, and he also had a casual five touchdowns on the day. Um, Travis Kelsey played amazing. He's, his, he's Patrick Mahomes' number one target. And, you know, when I was writing down these numbers receiving-wise and, and who Mahomes targeted, I think it's going to take a few weeks to figure out who Mahomes' number one receiver is. Um, well, obviously, his number one receiver is Travis Kelsey, right? Uh, but who is that guy that's not Kelsey? Who is it going to be? You know, Juju had a day where he had six receptions, 79 yards. Marquez Vidal-Scanley uh, Scanling had 44 re- four receptions for 44 yards. Clyde was a layer out of the backfield, two touchdowns, three receptions, 32 yards. Then McCole Hardman only had three receptions and a touchdown. So uh, I think it's going to take a few weeks to really figure out who Patrick Mahomes is going to target uh, the second most next to Travis Kelsey. But it also may be, end up being where it's very, very spread out, um, you know, there's a lot of targets that are freed up with Tyree Kill not being there. And either someone's going to take all of those targets or he's going to, or Patrick Mahomes is going to spread them out evenly around his receivers. Um, looking at the Cardinals, I don't think they play bad. You know, people are saying the Cardinals um, are, didn't play their best football. They obviously didn't play their best football. Their best football is a, is a win, right? Um, 
they didn't play bad either. I mean, they're they're playing the best team in the NFL, one of the best, the top three teams in football, the best quarterback in football, the best tight end in football. You're playing a really really tough opponent. Um, you, you put up 21 points. You know, not your best day, but I, I feel like the better days are ahead. And you're playing a very tough opponent week one. Um, moving on here, you have the uh, the Raiders. Losing to the Chargers, nineteen to twenty-four. Uh, this is another tough day for um, in the quarterback department around the NFL. Derek Carr had three interceptions on the day, finishing with two hundred ninety-five yards and two touchdowns. Justin Herbert played nice, twenty-six to thirty-four with two two seventy-nine and three touchdowns. Um, Devontae Adams. Uh, I'm a Raiders fan. Um, for those that don't know, um, Devontae Adams. I am so freaking glad I had that guy on our team. He is incredible. Ten receptions, 141 yards, and a touchdown. Darren Waller had 79 yards. Um, really, for the Raiders, it's they have a good quarterback, running back, tight end, and receiver, and they uh, receiving core, and they have a a, a nice um, pass rush. Uh, but you look at the rest of the team: the O line stinks, and the secondary stinks. Um, Keenan Allen left the game with a hamstring. He's out for the Thursday night game against the Chiefs. Um, Gerald Everett had a nice game, 54 yards and a touchdown. Mike Williams struggled, two, only two receptions on the day. Um, Derek Carr also had two fumbles. Um, but I think the biggest uh, piece of news from this game, the biggest headline, is this revamped Chargers defense. Khalil Mack had three sacks in his first game with the Chargers, six total sacks for the, for for Los Angeles. Um, that's without uh, J.C. Jackson, their new corner, and they got in the offseason. Oh my gosh, I'm struggling right now. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like I've said, I've said this for, for probably four other teams. The Chargers are going to finish at least top five, um, maybe top ten defensively this season. They played incredible. And then the last game from the Sunday slate was the Buccaneers-Cowboys-Bucks won 19-3 over the Cowboys. The Cowboys were the only team this weekend to not score a touchdown. Um, and this was because Dak Prescott went out with a hand, uh, a thumb injury. He ended up requiring surgery. He's going to be out for possibly six weeks. Um, and this is, you know... This is just crazy. I mean, the Cowboys are dead. You know, if if you think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs now, it's 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 over. All right. I mean, even with Prescott in the game, the uh, the Cowboys offense just didn't look good. You know, Zeke didn't play good. Ceedee Lamb supposed to be the number one receiver. That's why they got rid of Amari Cooper. He didn't even play his best football. Um, they didn't even score a touchdown. All right. And Dak Prescott played a good amount of the game until he got injured. The Cowboys quarterback going forward is Cooper Rush, at least we think it is, um, unless they go out and trade for either Garoppolo or maybe Jordan. It's okay. Jordan Love's name hasn't got mentioned as a guy that could be a trade candidate. Why would the Packers not trade him? They have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, go out, someone go out and get Jordan Love, whether that's the Cowboys, I guess we'll find out. Probably not. I think they're going to end up sticking with Cooper Rush uh, for these next few weeks as they wait for Dak to come back. Um, is their season over? Uh, I say yes. I, I personally, I would just bottom out uh, and and draft one of these really good defensive players in, in the upcoming draft. For the Buccaneers, they played great. Tom Brady had a nice day, as well as, well as Leonard Fournette and Mike Evans. Finally, the last game for Week One of the NFL season, we had the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. The Broncos ended up losing by one point, sixteen to seventeen, to Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson had a very, very nice game. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Just because they lost uh, to the Seahawks, he had three hundred forty yards and a touchdown. Um, Geno Smith played pretty good, one ninety-five and two touchdowns as well. Uh, Rashad Penny played pretty good. Um, and then for the receivers with the Broncos, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton shared the same amount of receptions. Um, Jerry Judy had 102 yards and a touchdown, Sutton 72 yards. Javante Williams, 11 receptions with 64 yards. Um, you know, the Broncos offensively played great. Defensively, 
Um, they got better towards the end of the game. Um, the Seahawks really, really shined, though, in their red zone defense. They Russell Wilson fumbled the ball on the one at the one yard line. Uh, they they just could not convert uh, in the red zone. The Broncos couldn't because the Seahawks were shutting them down. Ultimately, this game should have been won by the Broncos. It could have been won by the Broncos. Uh, they just made a very, very bonehead decision by their first first year rookie head coach. Um, and and that was they had a minute left on the clock, fourth down, fourth and sixth, I believe. Um, they're at like the forty four, uh, like the forty yard line, right? Um, and they just let the clock run out. They have three timeouts, and they let the clock run down to twenty seconds. First of all, like, why not call a timeout and stop the clock, all right? And then they go out, and they let their kicker, uh, McManus, kick a 64-yarder, which would be an NFL record. He misses it by, like, that much, which, you know, he barely missed it. But at the end of the day, you can't be you, – you have to let Russell Wilson, the quarterback you traded for in the offseason, the quarterback you just extended for $250 million, you have to let that guy go out there on fourth down and try to win you the football game. That's just what has to happen, all right? And, and you have to call timeout. If you want to run the clock down to 45 seconds, you run the clock down to 45 seconds, right? Now, yeah, you can't call back-to-back timeouts, but what you can do is, let's say you convert the fourth and sixth, first down, you either spike the ball or you already or you, or you ran out of bounds, right? The clock stops, then you kick the field goal. Then you win the game. I guess this is just what happens with rookie head coaches. They don't, they they fold under pressure. They don't know what to do. Um, I mean, the timeout was clearly an obvious decision to make, as well as you have to let Russell Wilson go out there and try and win you the game. Even if they don't convert on fourth down, at least you had Russell Wilson go out there and try to win you the football game. Um, but the Seahawks ended up winning. Um, the Seahawks really played this game personally. Uh, you know, they played to beat Russell Wilson, and that's what they did. So. Uh, probably the only time this season that they'll have sole possession of first place in the NFC West. Um, and I know every Seahawks fan is definitely, definitely enjoying that. Uh, and they'll enjoy it for the rest of the season and for the rest of their career as they beat Russell Wilson in his first game as a Bronco and his first game back in Seattle, which is incredible scheduling by the NFL. So that is the recap for week number one of the NFL season. Uh I'm recording this on Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday, which means we have a Thursday night football game. This one's between the Chargers and the Chiefs. Both of these teams are 1-0. Um, this is the second AFC West divisional game of the season. I feel like every single one of these games between these AFC West teams could go either way. If I was to pick, you know, the odds The odds right now, uh, let's see here. The odds are Kansas City minus 4. Uh, 54% uh, of ESPN's football power index has the Chiefs winning 40, 54%. Um, let's see who's out for this game. Keenan Allen and J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson's questionable. And the Chiefs are going to be without their kicker, Harrison Butker. Um, I don't know how big of a deal that's going to end up being because they have Justin Reed, who's a safety who can kick absolute bombs. Um if I was to pick this game, though, who I think is going to end up coming out with a W, I think it's the Chiefs. I said it earlier when I was talking about Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes just threw for five tutties. He's the best quarterback in the league. Um, and, yes, I think the Chargers' defense is going to be incredible. You know, I don't think this is going to be a – I mean, I would love for this game to be a 42-45 win or something really high-scoring. I think this is going to end up being more of a 17, 14, 17, a really low-scoring game that shines on defense. Um, you know, the Chiefs don't have the best defense, right? But the Chargers do. Um, I think that Kansas in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium, that atmosphere, you know, I think ultimately I think the, char- the, the Chiefs are going to come out with a W, and we're going to lock that pick in um, tonight, you know. Um and that's going to be the first game of the, of week two of the season. We'll pick the rest of the games in the next episode, which will be recorded on Friday, up on, probably on Saturday. Uh, we'll go through every single game like we did uh, on, on the last episode. We'll pick all those games. 
probably have some 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 new other people on the podcast hopefully um let's see if there's anything else real quick we want to touch on um i guess if i was to give my power rankings paper here uh power rankings see i do have an issue with the way power rankings are 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 done by these like espn and nfl.com and stuff like that is they base their power rankings for the season based off of their week preseason power rankings right before the season starts they power rank every single team and then based off of the week one is how they rank the rest right so i think espn has the rams as like the fifth best team in the power rankings but that's not how i'm doing it right i'm doing it based off of week one how did you play in week one all right these are my top 10 power rankings heading in to after week one heading into week number two Number one team in football, I have the Buffalo Bills. They played incredible, uh, as I mentioned earlier on in the episode. Number two, I have the Chiefs. For all the mentions, I, uh, all the reasons I've mentioned about Patrick Mahomes. Number three, I have the Chargers. Um, offensively and defensively, this is going to be one of the. They're going to be top ten in both uh, both sides of the ball this season. The four, I have the Buccaneers. They shine. Tom Brady at forty-five is still one of the best players ever, um, and the best quarterback. One of the best quarterbacks in the league today. Five of the Ravens. Yes, they played the Jets, but Lamar Jackson looked incredible. Um, and defensively, um, whether or not the Jets' offense sucks or the Ravens' defense is good, um, I guess it's a little bit of both. Um, number six, I have the Eagles. Yes, the Lions did score 35 points on the Eagles. Um, but offensively, this team is very, very talented, and they, they still have a lot of pieces on defense to be a good team going forward. Uh, number seven, I have the Vikings with a big, big win, you know, over the Packers. Defensively, they're going to be a great team. Offensively, with a new offensive-minded head coach and a the second-best receiver in football, Vikings will be pretty solid this year. Number eight, I have the Dolphins with a nice week one win over the Patriots. Uh, they look to be a fun, exciting team going forward. Number nine, I have the Rams, although they lost. Um, I think they're going to be good. For the rest of the season, I still think they're going to end up winning that division. Um, and they have the oh, shoot. See, I've been saying Justin Jefferson is number two receiver in football because Devontae Adams number one. But then where the heck does that put Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup top three receiver in the game. Um, I guess you could put him one, two, or three. Um, I can't believe I forgot about Cooper Cup. Um, the Rams are going to be just fine, and then. Number 10, I have the Raiders. Although Derek Carr struggled, Devontae Adams played amazing. Uh, Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs played great. Um, and then I still think there's there's opportunity for the defense to get better, especially the pass rush. And you just got to hope that the offensive line can give Derek Carr three seconds to throw the football. Um, they can at least help him, you know. Um, but those are the top 10. Those are my power rankings, at least the top 10. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. You know, we just went over every single game and recapped them all. Um, I'm, I guess that's really how the schedule is going to go for these podcasts, for these episodes um, throughout the football season. You know, it's going to be um, – this one's coming out on a Thursday, right? But the goal is um, to have one done – so it's going to be all right. I mean, frick, I don't know how to do this, how to explain this. Um, so it's going to be we're going to have an episode recapping and an episode previewing for football twice a week, probably on Mondays and Fridays. Um, we're going to have a recap on Monday, preview on Friday. Um, you know, but yeah, baseball's coming up. Baseball postseason's coming soon. NBA season starts in, a, I believe, a month. Um, College football is still going strong, and the NFL just started. So, you know, this is a pretty exciting time, uh, at least for football. You know, we've got a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things to discuss. Um, this is this is going to be great, right? Uh, so the next episode will probably come out this Saturday. We'll go through, pick every single game for the weekend, talk about whatever else is new in the world of sports, probably have some fun, funner stuff going on uh, next episode. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, Make sure to follow the social medias 
of the podcast, of my Instagram, of my Twitter. I'm going to start, you know, tweeting, you know, Twitter. This Twitter sports world is incredible. It's a hilarious and a fun place to be. So I'm going to start being active on there. Um, maybe make some sports TikToks, but TikTok is something that, like, I don't necessarily like, but I feel like I kind of got to do it. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Share the podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Rate the podcast. Like it. Um, support is tremendously appreciated. Um, and I will see you guys uh, in the next episode.